in three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Questioning Mark podcast. Of course, I am your host, Mark Ryan, and thank you for stopping by. If you're from my Twitter account, hashtag run and rant. Nice to see you, everybody, or nice that you're listening in. I would love to see you. So in the studio today, the beautiful art room, I have Blair. Blair is a science teacher here at Raha International School, and this is a really exciting episode because this is the first opportunity I've had to meet someone within the Talim family, within the Raha school that I work at, that I don't really know. So a lot of these answers, almost all of them, I won't know what you're about to say. And that's not always the case. <laughs> so Blair, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me today, Mark. Pleasure. So uh, what, do we, what do I need to know about you? And please say it, talking with a really loud, okay. nice voice. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, this is my third year here at Raha. Sure. And I'm not only a science teacher, I'm also head of grade six. So I get a lot of your kids from PYP when they come up to MYP, and I sort of help try to help ease that transition. So I'm juggling multiple roles here at school, which is fun, exciting, and also sometimes hair-raising. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, it's funny you say that, you know, like, I'm not just. Do you often have to say that when, you, when you're a teacher, or when you say something to someone, like, I'm not just that? Ooh, that's interesting. I think you're uncovering some layers of... Uh, maybe some of my own <laughs> one minute one minute in layers minute are being in. uncovered layers of my own uh, I don't know maybe insecurities perhaps okay. uh, on some level um, I never wanted to be a teacher being right. a teacher was something that I came to um, as a career switch when I was in my late 20s and I had hoped to be an artist I had hoped to work in a museum and perhaps be a curator right. and that path didn't work out for me very well so I did a um, career changing program and did a master's degree to become certified as a teacher right. and then once I was in the classroom I really fell in love with it but I think I still have some underlying feeling that being a teacher maybe isn't enough mm, okay. and, and I don't think that's justified because I really enjoy my work I find it very fulfilling but perhaps there's something under there I, I haven't dealt with. Yeah, I don't know if that's a negative thing, right? That yeah. wanting more or that there is other things that are possible than just being a teacher. Yeah. I think, yeah, sometimes maybe we have the, the pressure to do more things or not. But I think if you, if you have that kind of drive, that's all right. Yeah, I think I, I also am a person that pushes myself quite hard. Okay. And so maybe I'm, I'm often not satisfied with what I am. I always want more. Okay. So maybe that comes in as well. And going back to not just being a teacher, you're definitely having that switch in roles or identity recently as becoming, becoming a parent. Yeah. And you have a young daughter, Charlie, right? Yes, that's I'm right. Act, I'm acting like I know all these things, but I kind of got the heads up like a couple <laughs> of minutes before we started. Um, how's that going? Oh, wow. Um, it is a massive life change, I'm, as you know, as a, as a parent. Um, I did not know what I was getting into, and uh, I did you read books before this? Oh, stuff? everything, Are you but serious? not books. I read research. I am a science teacher. Oh my gosh! Yeah, okay. I I um, I was reading all of the latest brain research on on child development, um, reading lots of books by scientists and parents. Um, I read everything, and so I thought I knew what I was getting into. What did you think you knew? Well, if you had to say, like, the one thing you really thought you understood going into parenting, what did you read? Um, Well, I thought I understood the way it would change me. Okay. 
but that's the part that I understood the least. All right. Right? I understood, I understand very well about child development as an educator. It's part of my job. Um, I understood a lot about parenting and how, how to be a parent and how to eat your words as a teacher. I learned that as well. Okay. Um, so, so those things I, I did understand a lot about. But as far as the transition from just being a woman into being a woman and also a mother, mm. um, that I'm still learning about that transition because my entire identity has changed and I wasn't really prepared for that. Okay. And who yeah. do you turn to when you have, like, so you have research papers and all yeah. these things, but who was like your go-to with like, okay, it's three in the morning right now and I don't know what's going on. I don't um, know if that moment happened. Number but, one is yeah. my husband. Yep. Um, I am not great at reaching out actually. And I'm working right now on building my mommy network okay. uh, around me. I've got a few close friends here at school, like Noor Fadla and, uh, and Nick, actually Nick Gray and his wife, Liz. There's a shout um, out. Yep, shout outs um, to some other uh, recent parents that I've gone to. But I think that's the area that if I could go back and speak to myself as a pregnant woman, expecting my first, I would say reach out and spend more time with other parents, particularly other mothers. Um, I think I spent too much time in the books and not enough time building that, that um, sisterhood of, of mothers. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I think uh, I, can, I can relate a little bit. I, I didn't read anything, so I can't relate to that. <laughs> um, but I didn't, I didn't build a network. And then, as I was saying to you, I moved here when I had an eight-month-old child. Yeah. So I really came to Raha with not knowing anyone, especially not knowing anyone that had children. Luckily, there were some really great colleagues when I first moved here that really took a, I wouldn't say a fatherly role within it, but guiding me along what I needed to do and how I could be a better partner and how I could be a better father and then yeah. leading me into I think becoming a better teacher because I think a lot of things got mixed up in those first years when I was a new parent and also new at Raha I was I don't know if I was always going 100% on both you know it was kind of hit or miss sometimes so yeah how do you find balance you know it's interesting that you said you think that it brought something to your teaching because I, um, another shout out, I have a good friend, Saeed Smith, who's also a father, science teacher. He's been on the podcast. Yeah, has he? Yeah. Oh, I haven't listened to his podcast yet. Yeah. Oh no, um, I'll have okay. to go back to that episode. Um, <laughs> right. But he, he and I have talked quite a bit about, as I've been going through this transition into parenthood, and he said that he thought that, um, that teachers, as parents, bring value added to the community. And one of the things that he said that really makes a, a teacher who is a parent perhaps more valuable than a teacher who is not a parent is that once you have a child in the school, you are vested in multiple ways. Okay. So you bring a dynamic to the teaching where you understand <laughs> what it's like to have a child in the system as well. So Did I think you're not, I'm going to pause you there yeah, for a second. Sure. What about staff children? Yeah. Is that, is that an urban legend? Do you think of you know? I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. I hear about that. That's, okay, I hear so about that. You think but, it's a myth. This thing, that's, it's not true. I, you know, I don't think that's true. And I think actually as, well, I, I handle the transition. I teach grade six and grade seven. It's some of the notorious years where kids are going through m big changes. Sure. But I have to say that I have infinite patience for the children. 
infinite. Okay. And because I, I understand what they're going through. I've been through it. I, I've dealt with many, many kids going through the same thing. Where I run out of patience is with their parents. Okay. So I think actually for me, in my experience, and I haven't had very many bad experiences at all with staff, sure. with staff um, children. The only experiences I've had that have been challenging have been with the parents, not with the children. Right. Um, that's what I mean, though. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of going okay. that way, and okay. I and I and I say this. I say this not in a mean way. I say this in a. I think it comes from, and, this, and I can say this because my daughter is in EY one, and her teacher um, would probably say this about me: is that as teachers, we're so comfortable in the environment, yes. and we're so comfortable with what's going on, that when we hear, oh, PE, for example, my daughter's PE swimming lesson was yesterday, and I knew, okay, I needed. I need a swimsuit, I need a towel, okay, we're sorted, yeah, I know, the, I know the teacher, I'm not nervous about anything. But then I forgot to pack goggles, because I wasn't <laughs> nervous, right? I right. wasn't like rereading the email from the school and from her teacher. So I was just kind of like going with it. And then I yeah. think a lot of teachers were so comfortable here that we're, we, we missed some of the details. Yeah, and as the And the teacher is kind of like, it's all in the details. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is, yeah. That's my take. It could be wrong. Yeah. Sorry for the no goggles, but they will be there <laughs> next time. <laughs> um, I'm going to keep running through this because I don't want to knock down. I don't want to feel like anyone feel like I'm knocking down staff kids. I love you. I, I love, love staff kids too. There we go. A shout so, out to all my staff kids. There we go. Um thinking of the transition and that's I really like that that you you see them in this this really crucial part of their development um, what's gonna happen to them in 2030 or maybe not even what's gonna happen to them in 2030 let's just think about the year and if that means anything to you and I'm gonna yeah. put it up Michael Beatty the head of primary brought this up at a parent meeting he just had 2030 up on the things that we need to focus on with the, with children and it had to do with really thinking about preparing them for it and are we thinking about that when we are teaching them and when we're developing some of our lessons that we're keeping the idea will this be something and I know we can't totally guess it we don't have a crystal ball but are we are we doing our best to prepare them for yeah. this well this is I can jump on a soapbox here because oh, here we go I feel that um, I've taught in American curriculum. I've taught in um, sort of mashed up international curriculums based on whatever that in other schools that are here that maybe a little bit of British curriculum mixed into them. Um, and I think hands down as a science teacher that our MYP science curriculum here and just in general, the IB science curriculum is exactly what children need for the future because right. it is so skills focused. It is so focused on critical thinking and um, taking kids deeper and extending them. And it's open enough where I can, I can accommodate children of all levels in that classroom. It, it is such a, a beautifully prepared curriculum, I think, um, the NYP science curriculum. So I'm a huge advocate for it. Okay. And because of, of things like the, own, the unknown future, um, with science, you may be aware that we often find have new findings every year, and they may sometimes take... I'm aware there are findings. I don't know about <laughs> any of them, right? <laughs> but, but I'm aware but things you know, are you happening. may hear that, um, you know, the latest thing is that science tells us we should do this, and that sort of sure. erases what science told us we needed to do three years ago and erases what science said 10 years before that. And, and that comes from a misunderstanding of what science is. Um, when, you, when you have a scientific finding, it is very specific. 
incredibly specific. It depends on what controls were done in that experiment and what were the parameters of that experiment. So science answers very, very specific questions. And when we do a test, we can only answer something very, very narrowly. For example, that aspartame um, causes cancer in mm. rats when they eat half a kilo. I don't know if that's Diet a real Coke right now or something. Uh, maybe, right. but <laughs> the point is that that we can we can deduce from that that perhaps having too much aspartame is bad bad for your health. However, the science doesn't say that. That's a deduction that we're making based on the the studies that have shown that that um, that aspartame can be carcinogenic in lab rats when given at this level. So um, I think. Anyway, I'm getting off, off my tangent. My point is that we're teaching the, the students these critical thinking skills to sure. look at what is the question really asking, what does the research really say, what does the evidence show, how well controlled is that experiment, looking at the, the data, what does that data predict, and is it possible to answer this question or not. And I think that those sorts of skills are what all people really need to have for an unknown future. Okay, so Raha has it right. Right now, it's well. kind of it's kind of the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Raha's doing a great job. Yeah, all right. I, at least uh, at least I can say that full uh, with full confidence for our, our science curriculum. I really I really do believe in it. <laughs> awesome, it's yeah. good to hear. Um, I'm gonna go to something that is kind of well, I don't know if it's my soapbox that I can climb up on, but it's the idea that I think people need to. They need to share good things that they've heard before. They need to, you know, if, if you have this mentor in your life or this person that's shared something with you, this, these words of wisdom or this advice, and I'm sure there's a lot, lots of great sixes that you see that you have to say this little pep talk to or you say these little words to um, because you know it would be a challenging thing coming from the PYP up to the MYP. What would be... Um, some advice. What's the biggest piece of advice that you were given that you remember mm. that you think people need to know? And I think people need to share their advice with others. That's my soapbox. Can pitch. I share two? No. Okay? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> the, more, the more advice, the better. Okay, two really good pieces of advice. The number one for, for children, particularly, is that hurt people hurt people. This okay. is a phrase Mr. Walter and I said over and over to each other last year when we were both working in grade six. When someone hurts you for whatever reason, probably it's because they're hurting. Okay. And so I try to get students, particularly when they're in some sort of conflict, to see empathy for the person that hurt them. Um, because it helps us if we see empathy for someone that's hurt us. It helps us to heal. Yep. Right? It's not just about being nice to them. It's also about being nice to ourselves. Yep. And the other piece of advice, and I think this is also good advice. I have not shared this with a child before. Are you going to? Is this, oh, maybe. Okay. Yeah, maybe right. you've given me some perspective. Right. The other really great piece of advice I've gotten that um, has changed my life, I think, on some levels, um, was given to me before I got married okay. a long time ago. Um, from a, an older couple. And I asked, well, what's, what's the difference? Why, why even get married? Like, what, what's what changes yeah right and this this very wise older friend of mine said well some things are better some things are worse but most things stay the same and I, I think that can be said about any change we go through in life some things do get better yeah some things also get harder or get worse but really most everything stays about the same right uh, yeah I think I could say that 
but I, I don't remember having to ask to go out on the weekends. So is that, that kind of <laughs> shit? No, I don't know. Um, I'm, <laughs> too many things are Wait, coming out. Wait, you go out, out on the weekends? No, because I no, no, because I don't ask. <laughs> I've asked before. It doesn't work. Um, <laughs> I'm going to finish this off with the purpose of the podcast and my impression of you around campus. And it might be wrong, but it's just my impression. And the purpose of the podcast is to connect people here at Raha and then at Talim and then hopefully more people from wherever we're listening to, wherever they are listening uh, from, to get together, know more about this community. Maybe that means international teachers, maybe that means science teachers, maybe that means parents, I'm not sure. Um, but when I see you around campus, it seems like, number one, you are quite friendly and approachable but that a lot of people know you, and I would say it looks like they're friends with you. And I have been here longer than you, and I don't think I know as many people. And I think maybe some people at Raha would feel the same, that they know their group, they know their year group, or wherever, but it's a difficult school, the way it's set up. It's kind of, as Alan said, kind of a university feel when he walked on the campus. How do we get to know people? How did you get to know so many people? And is that a fair assessment? Yeah, um, I, it's interesting you say that because I feel like I don't know enough people on campus. I see so many people okay. that I don't know at all. And, um, and that makes me, that actually makes me feel bad. I feel that I haven't given enough time, particularly if there's someone that I recognize, but I don't know their name, I don't know where they work. It makes me feel that I haven't done my job as part of the community to get to know other people. So, sure. so for sure, that building community, that knowing people, knowing people's names is a priority for me. Um, but at Raha, it's so hard because, not because of the shape of our campus, although that is part of it, but because there's so many people here. Right. We are a very large school. I've never worked at a school this large before. And um, no, I take that back. I have. <laughs> but uh, it was div completely divided. So you were only you were in a separate campus with your section. So secondary was a completely separate campus, right. and so there was no expectation that you would know someone in primary or EY. Whereas here we're together, right. so I feel like that that togetherness makes it harder to know people because you see more people that you don't work with. Right. Okay. Right. And there's you might not have that instant kind of uh, opening question or link. Right. To, to kind yeah, of you don't have context for right. everyone, right? Um, I did know a few, quite a few people before I got here um, through the Abu Dhabi Choral Group. I volunteer right. with them sometimes. So okay. there's about five or six teachers here that I already knew. Um, Nick uh, is one of them and Shout Stephen Delano and uh, Caitlin and Lindsay. And um, I think there's a couple others as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do make it a priority, I guess. Okay. I, I try. If I recognize someone, I try to learn their name. All right. Well, I think that, yeah. you know, that sounds like kind of silly or simple advice, you know, when you see someone just try to learn their name. But actually, it's really, really good advice. And it's really, I find it hard because, like you said, you see them and you don't know their name already, but you know their face. So you, you might bad. say hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of, and the day's busy and people are busy. So you don't want to waste their time with some random kind of conversation. But maybe we need to do more of that. But I think, uh, I hope this podcast can help with that. We do know more about you now, Blair, and you know a little bit more about me. So there we go. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We're over and out just like that. How was that? Painful? No, that was great. All right. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Everybody else, thanks for listening. 
Again, I'm your host, Mark Ryan, and I'm out.